Hello everyone, this is Cheesy, your host for the Changing Times podcast, where we talk about anything and everything transformation related. And here we are continuing forth with season two. And I just want to make a couple quick announcements. First big thing that we have here is that the Podbean mobile app is now being supported by Android devices. So I know previously I'd stated that the uh, Podbean services was only being supported by Apple, but now they have added the additional feature for the mobile app to be supported by Android devices now. So certainly great to see them broaden that up so that everybody can um, pretty much listen in to the podcast on their mobile devices, whether it be Android or Apple. And uh, you can also bookmark and get updates when the new podcast episode is posted. That way you don't have to keep checking in and see if there's something new there. So um, certainly great to have that. And uh, hopefully we'll see much more great features in the future for that as well. And with that aside, I want to move on to my next announcement, which involves uh, recruiting any possible uh, podcasters that any of you would have to advise or recommend for the uh, next season. This season's actually pretty booked, uh, as I had said before, um, with the podcast lineup at the moment. So uh, right now I will be gathering any podcast um, interest for the next season coming forward once this season uh, finishes up here and then uh, we'll start fresh with that so if you have any recommendations or interest in joining the podcast or even uh, if you want to feature your art on the podcast banners for every episode um, certainly we'll be taking any uh, of those recommendations or interest so uh, again multiple channels to reach me on that regards one of course is the uh, email if you want to email me which is simply changing times podcast at gmail.com or the other host sites such as for affinity or deviantart.net which is uh for affinity.net forward slash user forward slash cheesy dino and also deviantart which is cheesy dino.deviantart.net so if you have any interest recommendations certainly send those my way whichever you way you choose and i'll try and get back to you as best way possible so uh, with that all said thank you all for listening in and again this is the changing times this is cheesy hope you enjoyed the episode hello everybody Welcome to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast. This is your host, Cheesy, and continuing on forth for Season 2. And I am here today uh, with another transformation. Uh, we'll call him Archivist for uh, term's sake here. And his name is going by Apulius, I believe it's called. Um, knowing me, I'm pretty terrible at pronouncing people's names, but... Um, I'll let him correct me on that matter if he'd like. So welcome to the show, Mr. Apulius. Oh, thank you for having me. All righty. So right into it. Uh, like I said, so Mr. Apulius here, um, we'll call him an archivist just for the sake, because uh, just similar to our previous podcaster from season one, Dragon Yade, um, he you know posts various transformation content 
not only restricted to the uh, art community, but from sources, from uh, movies, uh, TV shows, books, and the like. So it's great to see another person out there that's a little bit different from the norm as far as transformation content goes, and even as far as uh, gathering from areas that uh, such people on your normal basis wouldn't be aware of. So um, going right into it, uh, always ask this question starting off with our podcast. What is the origin of your name? I know we were speaking a little bit about that before we started the episode here. Sure. Uh, well, the name Apuleius is the name of the guy who wrote The Golden Ass, which is uh, one of the first, maybe the most famous transformation story. Uh, it's a Roman era uh, story about a guy who turns into a donkey and is eventually changed back. And uh, I was looking for a suitably pretentious uh, username, so I picked that one for the blog. So it's in no way relation to uh, the great uh, source from the Narnia books. I think that was a similar basis with that story. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I actually haven't read uh, the Narnia books, so uh, no. No, I've read The Golden Ass. I can definitely say that much. And... um, (laughs) And that actually is based on an earlier um, Greco-Roman story about a guy who turns into a donkey. By um, They used to think it was by Lucian, the great satirist, but they don't quite know now. But um, So the story's been around for a while, and I thought uh, it'd be nice to have a name that refers back to a classic transformation story. Okay, good stuff. So I take it with that said, uh, you uh, would consider yourself a donkey or equine fanatic <laughs> i certainly enjoy donkeys uh donkeys wolves uh mammals in general i think are probably my favorites okay and who wasn't who wouldn't like those <laughs> spanish species there so uh all right and as far as your uh archive or your transformation blog for that matter um just talking a little bit about that, because I know speaking to uh, Dragonyade about that and what he does with his site. So uh, just first of all, uh, I know you're maybe expecting this question. Uh, what made you choose to create a site for you know videos, TV shows, uh, even branching out to art and comics and the like? Well, it actually has to do with uh, Dragonyade as well. Because his site was um, on hiatus. He was revamping it, I think, um, six or seven years ago, maybe maybe five. I'm not quite sure. But it was on hiatus and was being updated. And there weren't very, very many other resources for, that, for those sort of archives. I don't think Dutch Bowl was in operation yet. And uh, so I was at loose ends with that. And I knew there's a site called the Process Forum, which is where female transformation fans gather. And it's a pretty busy message board, and they and they uh, give each other tips on where to find videos and uh, those sort of clips and all that sort of thing. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a site like that for male transformations, especially since Shadowlord is uh, was not in running at the time. And I thought I could start a message board, but the problem with those is that you might be the only person posting on it, and it could look awkward. So I thought I'll start a blog. And uh, the first couple of years, I didn't take it quite seriously. And then uh, I think last year, mid around mid last year, the viewership went up quite a bit, and I began feeling as if I actually owed it some responsibility. So that's uh, the story of the blog, pretty much. 
Okay, cool. So that was actually going to uh, transition into my next question, which was why you chose specifically with mail. Uh, and I was actually going to reference the process since I had a fairly uh, a good amount of um, thinking that you were referenced to the uh, process as well. So I was just going to ask you if you were sort of making that of a counterplay towards that site, even though it's not per se a forum in that matter. Yeah, it's sort of a, um, a supplement or a resource to that. Because uh, the process does have a section where you could post mail transformations, but it's not a very busy subforum. And I thought um, it'd be better to start independent or a separate area um, for that sort of thing. Especially because, like I said, at the time, there wasn't much, um, there weren't many places you could go aside from Dragon Yard site. And like I said, he was uh, changing gears at that moment. Okay. So but, uh, the, the process, yeah, mm-hmm. the process, oh, I'm sorry, I'll just uh, just finish. Uh, the pro- I think the process was is a pretty ter- terrific and busy message board. So I was trying to emulate that sort of thing, and um, mm. uh, I think this the blog eventually uh, got more and more popular, and now I've gotten more submissions from viewers as from readers and viewers who send in messages. So it sort of paid off in that respect, even though it isn't a message board. But uh, go ahead with your question. Okay, <laughs> no problem. So. Uh, with that said, um, and, you know, of course, with you making mail speci- uh, specified on your site, does that, you know, of course, bring up the question of, is that any sort of uh, counter, what word I'm looking for, does that sort of mean that you're against female transformation, or is it more of just, you know, like you said, a supplement to to that site? Well, a supplement. I'm not against them. There are some that I quite like, actually, but... um. I did notice that um, there wasn't really a place that was specifically for male transformations. I mean, there are some sites that are more female-oriented and others that are more of a general emphasis. But there wasn't really anything that was uh, male-only. And so I thought it'd be good to have those, because that corresponds to my own interests as well. Okay. And uh, do you also think maybe in the future, uh, since, you know, like you said, you're supplementing that site, that you're going to be maybe opening some venues for some uh, actual community-based sort of things. Uh, maybe not particularly with your site, but maybe if you expand it to another site um, and start like your own little forum uh, that may be, you know, mail-based so that you can even further supplement the process and, um, you know, people can go between the two and find content that will be, um, would be beneficial for them. So... Was that something that you may have in mind in the future as well? Uh, well, that's a good idea. And I hadn't actually thought of it, um, mainly because I, I have barely enough uh, time to keep the blog updated. But I think it would be a good idea to have a sort of um, message board adjunct and a site like that. Um, and if there are people who are interested in helping run it, then I think that could be a possibility. At the moment, um, the blog is pretty much a one-man operation, and I have a couple of people who are very good about sending me items as well. But if it does expand, then that is an option. So uh, thank you for suggesting it. No problem. And uh, that was actually something uh, I think me and Dragon Yade were sp- speaking about previously um, with uh, just managing the site, obviously, compared to his. Um, you know, it's 
not as much housekeeping since you know it's blocks are obviously meant for like a one-man game whereas his is like more of a staff effort so you know is are you thinking or were you thinking at some point of since you know you're a little busy with your schedule obviously having some little helping hands managing your site getting different sources and all that sort uh, that is something that would it would be nice to have, and there might come a, if things keep going as they are, it might come to a point where I might give someone the password and tell them, you know, I'm going away for a while on vacation. If you want to update with occasional blog posts, that would be nice. Um, so that's a possibility. And uh, as you were saying, though, my site is of course uh, far less uh, maintenance and uh, far less work than Dragon Yachty's site, and I have to admire him for embarking on a a real archive like that because I basically have a blog where he has a site that has thousands of videos and a lot of upkeep and a lot of stuff to do on it. So he's uh, done a pretty great job with that site. Okay. Yeah, certainly. And I, I would say for myself, I would give my respects to his regards in that um, form as well. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize just how much it takes to, uh, keep up with that kind of thing even if it is a one-man sort of army with that but um yeah it's and again not even just for him but yourself as well as uh dutch bull uh which of course uh was originally supposed to be on this but due to conflicting schedules uh gonna have to separate but we'll definitely get his word in on that as well so uh just want to take the time to you know say thank you from the community for all three of you um, which I was actually going to speak about this in a little bit in that matter with you three, since it would seem that you three are pretty much the only three archive sort of sites I know of that are uh, fairly active at the moment. So uh, we'll speak more on that matter later on. But just um, just to hop into the next subject here, uh, as far as the actual archive point, um, so... Would you consider, since, you know, obviously with shows, movies, and all that sort, that this could be considered like a uh, sort of a historical archive in terms of the UTF community? So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that would definitely be quite flattering to have the site be regarded as that. Um, the only complication with my site, at least, or my blog, is that, of course, blogs are more uh, fragile than a site that one actually owns, such as Dutch Bulls or Dragon Yachties. And, um, of course, they're also dependent on video hosting. So if my YouTube account gets taken down, that immediately destroys a large number of posts that I have up. And uh, the same thing for if, uh, my, daily emo- my daily motion account or Vimeo and all that sort of thing. So my uh, blog is probably a good deal more fragile than the uh, other two gentlemen's sites. But it it is nice to have um, to know that you have posts going back several years, and that people who want a resource for that sort of thing can go there and look up the material without too much hassle. Gotcha. So, uh, and I know uh, going further into that, you know, just say if someone were to be new to the community and sort of want to, like you said, um, reference or source the origin that. Um, would that kind of thing have like a sort of chronological, uh, I guess you could say like a timeline for different events, movies, you know, spotlights. Um, so, you know, you think with that, that someone coming into the community that's brand new would sort of benefit from that kind of ordeal? 
Yeah, I think it's a good. If I mean, there are. I tend to forget how old I, how old I am, and there are people who are, you know, in their late teens, early twenties, who aren't familiar with TV shows that I would think are very famous in terms of transformations and all that. So sites like mine or Dutch Bulls and so forth are a good place to, I suppose, um, get educated in the the uh, big hits of transformation uh, TV or film and all that sort of thing. And it's also good if someone is asking, oh, where can I find a good um, werewolf transformation and so forth, I can point, I can give them a link to my site or one of the other uh, two guys' site, sites. Okay. And on terms of, you know, I guess you could consider advertising for the sake, um, I know you've, uh, believe you've advertised on a few sites. I can't remember exactly where, but uh, do you sort of really put your site out there or is it more of like an underground type ordeal with uh, getting the viewers and getting the popularity and the name out there? Well, uh, there are, I advertise on chooseyourownchange.org. Um, I haven't been there in a while, but I need to go back and advertise again. I advertise on TF Spot, which is a social media site for transformation fans. And um, on my YouTube account, I usually put a link to the site when I post a video. And the um, YouTube account, surprisingly, is is rather popular in itself. I think it has 2,600 subscribers, uh, which surprised me quite a bit. But um, that's those are pretty much areas where I advertise. Um, I think beyond that, I'm not sure where I would go. And I... Um, I don't want to be uh, too pushy about um, telling people, oh, go to my site and all that, especially because this is a pretty limited area of interest, I would say. Okay, so uh, not even like for the sake of a somewhat restricted open venue such as like Fur Affinity or So Furry or I believe uh, Weasel and Ink Bunny or anything like that? Oh, well, I do have a Fur Affinity account, and um, I will occasionally in the journal entry say, oh, I updated the blog. And that's pretty much the extent of my advertising on Fur Affinity. The other sites, I uh, so Furry, I have an account, but I haven't advertised there. So that's about it, pretty much it for the other sites. So you think that with, you know, like I said, with the three sites that we know of at the moment, um, that you should, you know, have these sites that maybe reference yourself, um, especially, like I said, with, you know, maybe like a, the furry side of things with fur affinity or so furry coming into the transformation genre, if they reference your sites and just see the roots of where, you know, us people who don't originally come from the furry side of things uh, sort of came about with this niche ordeal with the community. Do you think that, you know, maybe something like that may be a beneficial or, you know, if maybe it should be tacked in, or link somewhere on a, I guess you could say a populated community such as like the process or what have you. Um. Well, I I might I, am, I might be, uh, being, oblivious, but I had a, sort of assumed that people knew about, um, Dragon Yate and uh, Dutch Bull sites already, or that they were pretty uh, well known in the transformation community. Um. So I'm not quite sure how to answer the question, um, but I, I'd assume that people knew about them already. Okay, yeah. And like I said, um, even for one such as yourself, who may be coming in a little late and maybe have not 
put yourself out there, such as what uh, Dragon Yade has, or I'm not sure if Dutch Bull has personally put himself out there in the community, but um, just as far as uh, a person such as yourself trying to bring up an archive of your own, just sort of make it known and people can, you know, benefit from seeing your side of the story as far as different content throughout media and uh, even art and all that sort. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always great to have more viewers. Uh, I'm just not quite sure where I would, uh, what further steps I would take to spread the word as it was. I mean, if on a site like Furafemi, for example, you can put in your journal, you know, if I've updated the blog, please come visit. But beyond that, I'm not quite sure how else to um, uh, get people to come in. Okay. No problem. So, uh, so if you have any ideas, do let me know. <laughs> Certain, certainly, and I'm sure our listeners would probably put in a word as well for that matter. But um, <laughs> just to speak a little bit about uh, your site and how you, you know, come about with different content. Uh, what is the process for yourself? I know uh, speaking with Dragon Yade before he he um, kind of takes it upon himself to find content. Uh, I know he usually tries to be as original and I guess you could say legal about getting the content. Uh, I know he usually usually likes to actually purchase the VHS video DVD or however and do some kind of electronical magic to convert it to uh, his site. So uh, I noticed with your site, you're a little bit more open to suggestions. Uh, I know you've taken um, references, donations and all that sort. So how do you go about with getting content for your particular archive? Well, um, from from my end, what I've been doing is basically just I keep a lookout every day. I mean, every day I search Google News at five o'clock for I put I'm input werewolf and see what, what I get in Google News every day. Um, I every week on Wednesday, I'll do a search for foreign words for werewolf or for other transformation phrases and all that sort of thing. So I try and uh, keep an eye out for anything that looks interesting. And the one thing that I think does put me apart from Dutch Bull or Dragon Yate is that um, I tend to um, be their completists in that they get as many tra- transformations as they can find and they put them in. For me, if a transformation mostly happens in shadows or is mostly off screen or is obscured by glowing lights and that sort of thing, I don't include it. So I think uh, the majority of what I do come across, I don't actually put on the site because I don't think it shows enough of the transformation. There's enough of the process. Um, So when I do accumulate enough material, then I decide it's time for an update. And I do have to say that I'm not not as good of a guy as Dragon Yade in that I download most of my stuff off the internet, especially because some of it is so... um, Otherwise, hard to find or hard to purchase. Right. Sometimes it's, your only option is to look for an old download. Um, so, and then the other thing, of course, is that in the recent um, half year or so, viewer suggestions have multiplied as well. So people will write in with stuff. There's a fellow named Damon who's very good about sending me stuff that he's seen in various anime and manga and so forth. So uh, that's pretty much the way um, I go about updating the site. Okay, cool. And um, what you're saying with how you collect your transformations, uh, I know uh, sort of the similar concept with the process, uh, obviously with their 
uh, moniker, same thing. They look for the actual transition between one form to the other. Um, so just to reference what you said about how you actually look for that transition period rather than from uh, one point A to point B and pretty much not really disregard, uh, uh, really regarding what's in between. So can you kind of explain why you choose to sort of weed out these particular content with that specific part included? Um, mostly because it interests me. I mean, the blog started because I wanted to showcase stuff that I had found, which I found interesting, and which I thought others would find interesting as well. And the poof type transformations or the glow of light ones, I thought are very boring and dull and not much fun to look at. Whereas the classics, you know, American, American Railroad from London, that sort of thing, those are still rewarding 30 years on. And it's because you actually see the transformation take place. I mean, it's not, oh, he's a man, oh, he's a wolf. It's um, you actually see the flesh come back, the bone, you hear the bones crack, you, you see the muzzle actually grow out of the structure of the face. I mean, it's really interesting to watch the body be transformed from one form to another and uh, forms that are not typically linked. So it's going from one um, form to one that is completely different. And yet it makes it seem plausible when you're watching it because of the way it's done. And that's a great challenge. And I think the reason why you don't find more good transformations is because most people are not up to the challenge of doing that. It's cheaper to get the CGI guys to come and do it or to have it take place behind a rock or something. So uh, I put up what I found inter- what I find interesting. And uh, that's pretty much why I continue with the blog. Okay. Yeah, and I can see your train of thought with that. And, you know, uh, just to sort of go off what you said with the CGI, that actually has brought up the, um, the uh, reference to Rick Baker, who um not sure if you're aware of him announcing his retirement, I believe it was yeah. a couple months ago, strictly due to that fact that with, in his perspective, the times of uh, prosthetics and a traditional sense of movie costume art and all that sort has sort of waned quite a bit since the last couple decades. So uh, would you sort of be in agreement that, you know, as with prosthetics and makeup and all that sort, that that is sort of starting to die out or really jump or rather drop to like the sort of low-key sort of film uh, with what's going on in today's Hollywood and other types of films? Oh, I agree completely, and it's very sad. Um, And also that's happening with other types of special effects too. I mean, model work, for instance, is being um, put out of business by CGI. So I think that filmmakers... um, when they when they say we'll use CGI, they're basically turning it over to a bunch of guys in a warehouse somewhere, not a warehouse, but an office, who are at their computers, and they're not actually being forced to engage with the practical problems of making something look plausible for the camera. They're handing the pro- they're passing the buck to the computer guys, and uh, it's a it's a shame. The only uh, bright spot I saw was that in the British version of Being Human, they did use prosthetics and they didn't use CGI, and they used it brilliantly. And the guy who produced the show was asked about it, and he said, we couldn't afford CGI, and we thought it looked better anyway to have those practical effects, because you're seeing something actually in front of the camera. You're not seeing a computer animation. You're actually seeing, it might not be actual human flesh, but it's a, it looks like it enough, and it's an actual object that looks like something you can 
reach out and touch. So I think it's uh, very sad because I think filmmakers are not being aren't aren't being forced to use their brains and their talent and their wits to overcome these problems. They just pass the buck to the nerds at the computer desk. So that's my answer. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, just sort of to uh, counter counter argue the uh, sense of CGI, of course, like you said, with electronics or um, with computer animated uh, sort of art or you know models or of that sort it's a lot easier to you know fix a mistake or pass something off as feasible whereas you know with prosthetics it's a lot easier to spot um, nitpicks such as that but uh, just to look in the other side of the scope as far as CGI of course I know you're probably aware of like um, head motion capture uh, with the likes mm -hmm. of what they did with Gollum and Lord of the Rings and how that's actually transitioned now using the same technology for um, what they did in The Hobbit for Smog, as well as what's coming forth this December with uh, Lord of the Rings, as it would seem. So do you think that even with the popularity of cheap CGI, that on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, you dish out a couple more dollars, uh, you have this amazing technology with the body capture and being able to animate uh, models and the like in a way that maybe prosthetics wasn't able to replicate. Oh yeah, I'd agree there too. I mean, CGI is not evil. I mean, there it can do things that prosthetics are will always be limited by, and the CGI is getting better and better. Um, it's getting almost scary at how good it can be, and um, so there there is a lot of potential there too. And I think really the the ideal would be to have prosthetics augmented by CGI, because like I said, prosthetics have their limits too. But CGI, you can bridge, you can provide a bridge between different models, different prosthetic models, and you can have something that's even more fluid than prosthetics would be by themselves. So I think the real solution is um, combining the two and using one to cover the joins in the other, and uh, sort of synthesis, if you will. And um, the CGI, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if that'll actually happen or not. I think it's the ideal solution. The CGI is getting better, and we can look forward to better and better computer graphics. And uh, though practical gra practical effects and prosthetics might come back, a friend of mine was talking about, excuse me, uh, 3D printers, and he said that might actually uh, be a shot in the arm for prosthetics. So you never know what the future will bring. I mean, we're at the mercy of technology. And um, the fact that we went from the Wolfman in 1941 to the werewolf and, and the howling or American werewolf is because of advances in technology. And we don't quite know where they'll take us next. So uh, the future is pretty um, hard to read at this point. Oh, yes. And well, I would assume that we're not very far from the sort of uh, new gen gen genetics age of, you know, where the sci-fi fictions of, you know, putting on a mask or injecting yourself and you can have like a few hours of whatever form you please. So, <laughs> of course, that would be an amazing yet maybe even terrifying idea to think of for the future, but I'm sure we're not too, too far off. Yeah, and the thing about the future is that nobody ever predicts it uh, right, predicts it well enough. I mean, it's there's always something totally unexpected that pulls the rug out from under the people who are making the very confident predictions. So the only thing you can say about the future is that we really don't know what's going to happen next. Right, right. 
on that note uh we will go ahead and take the time now to take a short break and uh we'll continue on with part two of uh this episode so thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you in a few <laughs> see ya Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Changing Times podcast, where we talk about anything and everything transformation-related. We're joined here uh, by Mr. Apulius, and this is your host, Cheesy Dino. And uh, we're, we were talking a little bit about Mr. Apulius's uh, archive site and the various things related to that sort and the content within. So... um Jumping right back into the discussion here. So, uh, again, nice to have you here with us, Mr. Apulius. Oh, it's good to, be, uh, good to be here. All right. So, uh, going into uh, back what we're talking about a little bit. So, uh, just to sort of semi-deviate from uh, what we were previously discussing, um, just in terms of, uh, I know we spoke a little bit about the process, um, just to kind of elaborate on that, not really in terms of the actual content, but the sort of mindset or uh, psych- psychological aspect of not, maybe not even yourself as an individual particularly like about it, but what interests uh, maybe a similar person would find within that. So. With that said, what is it with transformation, especially with movies and transformation, how we've, most of us transformation fanatics have been brought into these kind of niche content that we can uh, relate. Um, what is it that captures your inspiration for all of that? Uh, I know I've spoken length about this a couple times before previously, so just kind of want to see your thoughts on that matter. Uh, well, it's uh, it's very much uh, I think centered on the fact that uh, the body, which of course is obviously a very dear thing to most people, is being essentially warped or changed into something very different, and with that, the mind as well. Uh, I was trying to think, for example, with like the example of werewolves, what people, what is the attraction people feel, and the, all the different theories people put out, and there's of course the puberty one, and we're supposed to mirror the transformation from a child into a man, you know, growing hair in inappropriate places and all that. And um, there's also the the fact that it's a transformation, transforming into something that is often opposed to men, the wolf or other animals like that that are aggressive. And then the uh, quite not quite safe for work suggestion was from John Lindis, who said, who said it was also an erection metaphor, which uh, apologies <laughs> to viewers who are squeamish. But in the sense that the body is sort of, as you will, enlarging and uh, transforming and becoming uh, tumescent uh, into a different form. So that that's sort of um, my scattered thoughts on the subject. And it's also the fact that it's sort of a release of inhibitions as well, I think. Um, the, the more primitive parts of the brain, the parts that are all about sleeping or eating and uh, or uh, making love and so forth. Those are sort of liberated, and the part that is concerned about, oh, what will the neighbor think, and uh, what am I going to do about my job, and all that, is sort of uh, eliminated. So it's sort of that uh, uh, return to a uh, sort of self that is not civilized, that is sort of beyond civilized. And the fact that the body, which is uh, um, uh, not simp- is a sexual thing and also uh, something bigger than that, 
is being radically changed into something that is uh, often strange or aggressive or threatening. So that's my uh, incoherent thoughts on the subject. <laughs> I gotcha. So in, you know, just with you talking about that, um, actually, just to sort of reference what uh, one person told me, um, or actually linked me to on, uh, believe it or not, on Reddit, uh, I'm not sure if, well, not sure if I should actually say, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway. Um, <laughs> there is a transformation subreddit on Reddit for those who do not know or are aware. Um, but just talking about that one particular subject that um, she sort of picked out and sent to me was um, a discussion pretty much on that mindset for what exactly is it that brings us to like TF and likes. So uh, one interesting thing that they sort of um, fleshed out in that regards is um, how, you know, obviously from the outside looking in uh, for someone, well, you know, seeing that you like transformations like, oh, okay, you, you like it because, you know, you can maybe get off of it or it's a, some sort of fetish. But, um, you know, of course, there's those that you know, it's more of a curious aspect of it, of, you know, uh, with this particular person saying that, you know, they watch American Werewolf, uh, they watch The Fly, or any other sort of really extreme alterations towards the body. And uh, rather than saying, you know, wow, that's, you know, that's really interesting. And I think I can pretty much get really, really into that. It's more of, you know, wow, that's pretty crazy and sort of messed up uh, but you know i like it anyway <laughs> yeah i think there are different there are different um levels of um not interest maybe but attraction in that um i think at bottom transformation is sensual not necessarily sexual but sensual for some people it goes beyond that into a sexual thing but i think at bottom the fact that it is so much about the body and the body changing uh, does mean it, it is uh, essential. And by that, I don't mean it's, some, it's necessarily a fetish, but that it's something that um, goes to people's subconscious, I think, um, in a very direct way. Because it's, it's something very primal, the fact that one's body is um, being changed into that of an animal or, I don't know, whatever else uh, people are going for as well. Um, so I, I think that it is at bottom sensual, if not sexual. And then, uh, of course, the other thing is that you, uh, when people, I know people will say, well, I don't, for people who are into it in a more sexual manner, I know people will say, well, I don't get that. And my repast has always been, you know, someone who is quote unquote normal, um, a man who is quote unquote normal, does not actually understand or get why he's attracted to a lady with large breasts or buttocks. It's just something that his mind is programmed to do. So in those sort of areas, I think it's just, you haven't to be dealt those cards and you depends on how you play them right right and uh you know just to sort of uh sort of uh coincide with what you're saying there i know uh similar thought process with that you know with the process and just to sort of reference this again with the uh there was another discussion there talking about how <laughs> the title of it was i think the that the uh process has a rape problem which of course is very um very obtuse i guess you could say as far as putting that out there but the fact of the matter was that it really brought out the sort of 
um, the situation of, you know, we have different other than transformation on the process, you know, you have the breast growth, the uh, age progression, regression, and all that sort of process. So it kind of brought out the monster of, you know, you're looking at these things and you like them or you're interested in them. So, you know, from, uh, I guess, quote, a normal person's point of view, unquote, it's kind of messed up. So just to sort of relate to what you said there, uh, such as, you know, with the books like Fifty Shades of Grey with almost every sort of position and extreme fetish or whatever have you um, has performed in that book, people have really liked it and, you know, gone far end of the pier with that. So, but, you know, you wouldn't really perform such things in actuality. So I can definitely see what you're coming from on that regard. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, these sort of things you don't choose. But you're, I, Roger Ebert had a great line. He said, "You don't, you can't argue with an erection." Um, so uh, people, whether it's depending on level of interest, but people don't choose what they're what excites them or what interests them or what captivates them. I mean, they're drawn to it. It's not a conscious choice. And uh, I think the the one thing you can do is just to make sure that you you don't become an obsessive about it or a bore about it. And that you keep in mind that other people's fetishes tend to be very boring if you don't share them. And um, and the other thing is that people's fantasy lives, their sexual fantasies or other fantasies, um, are precisely that. They're fantasies. They're ways of blowing off steam. And they're specifically designed to not come in contact with reality. They're an escape from it, I suppose. So I think that ultimately the potential harm in it is not really, I don't think there's much there as long as people keep themselves and their hangups in perspective. Um, so you shouldn't take it too seriously and you shouldn't be too serious about it. And at the same time, you should keep in mind that basic politeness dictates that you shouldn't be forcing it on other people either. Right, right. And uh, just to sort of um, put that in the sense of world events or, uh, you know, today's news just relating that to, you know, with the actual uh, situation of it occurring, uh, I'll get, you know, I'll relate this to the subway guy with Jared, you know, uh, this yeah. guy is, you know, he's looking at child porn, but, you know, mm -hmm. the actuality of it is there are people that will go online, go to deep web or what have you and look at this, find some sort of curiosity or inspiration from it. But um, when it comes to the real thing, you know, you're just uh, flabbergasted by the whole situation. So it's a little bit of a curious and interesting sort of circle of life, I guess you could say, with that matter. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to the debate on pornography in general, because 30 or 40 years ago, people were saying, does pornography encourage rape? Does it encourage violence? And so forth and sex crimes. And I think the general consensus is that it actually lets people blow off steam and it prevents it because people who might otherwise be on the street looking to do something bad tend to be at home um, pleasuring themselves instead. Uh, so it's very, it's a sordid subject, but I think um, people should be free to pursue those sort of fantasies, even if they are rather sick, in privacy, as long as they do not try and inflict it on others. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and 
Uh, just to sort of veer off from that a little bit, because, um, you know, we're talking about comparing fantasy to uh, actuality here. Um, and just, just to speak a little about this, as I have before with, you know, the uh, trans- actual transition periods with, you know, transgender, uh, how that sort of community is, you know, in a bit of a bind with how a trans transgender deals with the real world. You know, he's got people who have from maybe a young age have considered transitioning and, uh, you know, now the technology is out there now it's publicized. It's within reach and, you know, they go through the process and, um, just now dealing with, I guess, the sudden change with the public. And I guess, like you're saying with the fantasy versus reality, it's just something that's got to be taking time to cope and sort of deal with the reality of the subject with it being something from fantasy to real thing. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that there's a, I mean, transgender transformations and transformation fiction and art tend to be very rapid um, or like they take place pretty quickly. Whereas the physical transformation real life from male to female or vice versa is, of course, much longer and prolonged. There are lots of doctors, visits, and surgeries, and so forth. So as you can at least see the fantasy aspect in you know, online artwork and stories, where instead of, instead of it being a long, drawn-out, sometimes painful process, it takes place in you know, a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes, and leads to um, exciting results, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, uh, you know... To work off of that, relating that to transformation, you know, of course, there's still obviously the transgender aspect of the um, sort of fictional uh, content or uh, tags with the various transformations involved. But with it comparing to the real thing, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if, you know, with the coming about of fiction to reality with transgender does that in the mindset of a person who say like a transformation or if they were even liking both uh transformation or transgender if they were you know interested or inspired by that from you know, maybe uh, an early development development level and then coming to now and they see the actual thing and then they see how they deal with and cope with that 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 can sort of turn into a turnoff as far as their interests and all that. So I'm wondering if, say, in the future, uh, we have these cyber genetic uh, modifications to where transformation can be on that cusp of reality and then, you know, sort of change the mindset of the actual uh, coping with the transformation in real life. So I'm wondering if that would put off a person or if that would still keep an on with it. Well, I noticed there's a very big disjunction between the the stuff you see online and like the fantasy stories and pictures versus the real thing. A lot of the time, you know, the majority of the TG stuff or transgender stuff online on sites like, I don't know, the process of fur affinity tends to, a lot of it is not so much about exploring a different gender as about uh, heterosexual guys getting off on the fact that a guy that they would not be attracted to changes into a lady they would be attracted to. So there's a lot of uh, fan. There's a lot of sexual fantasy, which is not necessarily um, linked to the, the real life issues, which are of course a lot more complicated. 
So I think uh, a lot of the stuff you see online tends to be uh, rather weightless and compared uh, compared to the real struggles of people who have um, are dealing with transgender issues. Right, right. Okay. So uh, and try to pull that back into the transformation side of things. I know we were getting a little bit too uh, philosophical there, but <laughs> and I would add as well that um. On my blog, the fact that the male-to-female transformation is so widespread everywhere else means I don't actually cover them on my blog, even though they technically would be male transformations because it's a male turning into a woman. But I do cover the reverse, which is women turning into men, just because that does seem more in keeping with the theme of the blog. But uh, back to your question. Well, it's interesting you say that because to, again, reference how relating to the process, it's not even a niche with the process. It's more like a Bigfoot scenario where you see this thing, you grab it before it goes away and you just tell the world. Uh, whereas with male transformation, it's like almost a dime a dozen, not to say they're all pathetic and weak, but um, just a sheer, even the quality surprisingly with male TFs is wide spans greater than your you know, average female TF, your female TF usually, like you said, would be like an off the screen or a poof transformation. So um, a lot of discussion has gone into that as far as why we don't see as many female process. Um, that's probably going to go a little bit more into how just a society would view a woman's standpoint in, you know, society yeah. with that. So um, also an yeah, interesting... Yeah, because I think the if you I think there is a matter of it's a sexual issue as well. Because I don't think a majority of heterosexual men, I would say, really want to see women. They don't find it sexual to see her turn into a werewolf, I guess, or turn into a massive, hairy, beastly monster that is not very feminine looking. Um, so I think that's the main thing is that. Whereas with men, I think it's more neutral because men don't. Uh, most of them probably wouldn't care sexually about the male turning into a werewolf. They'll be interested in seeing, um, from a neutral standpoint, the other male's body change and so forth. So I think it's a turnoff for a lot of heterosexual men, not the ones in the process, obviously. But um, uh, that's my that's my my belief. I think for the fact that female transformations are not usually as common. I think they're they uh, it's just a turnoff to too many men. I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to speak for women because I don't know what their feelings are on the topic. Right. Yeah. The uh, mind of a woman can be a very complex thing. I'm sure many yeah. are aware. <laughs> Us men just think of nothing. <laughs> but uh, just to bring it back in, um, of course, with um, transformation, though, um, just to go alongside with that, of with the... Um, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought again. <laughs> so with talking about the um the the process of, you know, going from the fantasy to reality, uh, and I spoke about this before with, you know, books again like Fifty Shades of Grey, but not only that, but more related to the topic at hand with books such as uh Twilight, um, Blood Chocolate, um, 
and other, you know, romances, it's for me kind of interesting to see that because obviously before Twilight and all those famous uh, novels and TV shows and movies, you know, I'm sure you remember when gothics and the like were pretty much um, outcasts from society, especially in the today's school systems. So now that, you know, you have Twilight and that, like, <laughs> it's almost as popular as the Jonas Brothers uh, with, you know, trans vampires are cool, werewolves are cool, so... Uh, it's a good question. I do know that the uh, stupid as Twilight was, and I think a lot of us would say that, we do owe it a debt for putting werewolves back on the map um, and for putting that sort of, uh, that, that sort of, those sort of fantasy characters back, on, back in the circulation. Um, and I think that's due to overall rise of fantasy in, as a genre in general, and the fact that it, it uh, seems to speak to more people now. The genre has fallen rise. I mean, in the early 60s, most of the dramas and television were westerns, and most of the films were westerns, and yet a few years later, the western is dead. So I think it's the fact that the genre is just very popular right now, urban fantasy and Tolkien-style fantasy as well. Um, but uh, also the fact that, you know, the scientific breakthroughs and all that do are sort of expanding the fact, the idea of what people can do with their bodies. So I think if you combine that with the appeal of fantasy, which has always been about, you know, breaking physical boundaries of this world and the next and all that, uh, it is a pretty potent combination. Right, right. And I can agree with you on that. So just to uh, expand on that, do you think that with this continuing on that with of uh, the society and general populace you know getting a little bit more used to the idea of werewolves i mean honestly with the likes of twilight the whole subject of werewolves just pretty much exploded i mean you yeah. got spin-offs like you said with being human uh now you have the um um i am not remembering their name it is a um there's a Teen Wolf that's still going. There's Teen Wolf, yeah. and then there's the one with uh, Lara Van Hort. Bitten. Bitten. Bitten, yes, which actually yeah. has some fairly decent female. Yeah. Uh, probably the first in a very long time of some yeah. very decent TF in that regards. So, yeah. you know, I just feel looking at all this that yeah. we're. Uh, one sec, sorry. <laughs> Uh, just going into that, um, I feel that we're, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable to the idea. So I'm wondering if in the future, if that's going to open more venues for not even werewolves, but for things that the transformation community has been following for very many years. So, you know, it's just a little bit of thought that I've come again to come back to with seeing more and more coming out in the world. Well, I'm actually sort of worried that the, because the Twilight movies themselves, I think, are they're long over, and I'm wondering if the fad itself is going to crash eventually. That people will be sick of seeing vampires and were creatures and <laughs> fantasy elements and that sort of thing. So that's I'm actually worried that that is going to come to an end because I think we've got a couple more couple more werewolf films in the pipeline, a couple more mm -hmm. transformation films. After that, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. We might move on to something else. It could be I right. don't know. 
history films or Roman gladiator films is the next big craze. Uh, <laughs> or maybe soft porn or something. I'm not, I, God knows what's going to happen. Right. But, uh, uh, but I think uh, that what is going back to on technology, technological advances, stuff like 3D printing or cheaper CGI, that might make a bigger difference in, if we, in seeing more transformations on screen and so forth. So I do think technology and economics are the real um, driving motors behind what we see and a lot of behind what we sort of get attached to. Gotcha. So, um, and just to jump back a little bit from that, um, just in terms of the, um, you know, your site here with the archive, you know, of course, there's the various types of transformations that you see with that. So, uh, just a sort of subgenre on those sort of things. Obviously, you have your regular, you know, growing fur, growing claws, and all that. Uh, but then, of course, you have the more extreme side of things with skin rip and um, uh, just, you know, sometimes just exploding into another being or. You know, the actual, like you said, extreme point of, you know, a finger breaking and altering and turning into something else. So um, with that in mind, uh, do you feel that if someone, say from, you know, the outside coming in uh, with the likes of, hey, you know, Twilight was cool or this werewolf show was cool. And then, you know, they see all this if they were to go onto your site or dragonades or whomevers or even just stumble upon it do you think that would maybe be the catalyst for you know a new age tf fanatic or maybe if that would just expose transformation community for it for what it is and then it turns into a whole um you know fiasco as what happened with the furry community with the media unfortunately so what are your thoughts on that um, I think the fact that the internet is so widespread now means that um, communities, sub-communities like these, are pretty much at their are pretty much at their height. I think I'm not quite sure what would make them more visible, more open. So I think compared to furries, for example, TF fans, I think there will always be far fewer of them than furries. I imagine. So I think the community is probably at its. Um, I don't want to know if it, I don't want to say it's at its height. But it's probably near its apex because people can communicate much faster and they can find sites like mine or Dutch Bulls or Dragon Yachties. Um, so I think we're sort of at the maximum point as it is. And uh, people can get educated much more quickly than, say, I could when I was growing up because there was no internet until I was in, I think, junior of high school or something. Right. Uh, and also, the, um, so I think uh, we're pretty much at the peak of what you, of the, well, not peak because you don't know what's going to happen, but the community has found a way for to people to communicate and be a community itself. I don't think it'll get much bigger than it already is. Um, the other tangent I was going to go into was that people coming in from outside. I was going to mention that I was looking at the stats for the blog, and there's quite a few people from outside the United States as well. I mean, um, right? Uh, there are. Let me see. There's 70,000 people from the UK have viewed it, 50,000 from Germany, 48,000 Canada, 27,000 Australia, 27,000 France, 16,000 Japan, 
15,000 Italy and 11,000 Mexico. And so, anyway, but right. it's, it's sort of interesting to see people who might not be, are not from, might not be from the TF community that we know, the English language one, but who are um, discovering these sites and using them, using the archives to get caught up. I mean, like Japan, for example, I've actually visited, um, they have message boards on transformations that are entirely in Japanese, of course. Mm-hmm. And I've, co- I've, I've come across a couple of those. And those are very interesting to look at. And uh, the translation, I use Google Translate, so you can't really get just what they're saying. Right. But it's really fascinating to see the communities in non-English uh, speaking nations. And that's something I I'm, I'm, would like to know more about as well. You know, what do people, are there communities in Italy or Japan? Well, obviously in Japan, but France or some in Germany and so forth that are into this. And maybe finding a way for people in different countries to sort of link up. So actually, I, I I need to contradict myself and say that actually the void of way of the future is for people in different countries or different languages, TF fans in those countries to link up and find a way to talk to each other. Then maybe then we'll see how big the community actually is. Right, and you know it's again um, what you're saying with the likes of Japan. Uh, what I've noticed personally with the sake of Japanese culture is that um, as compared to the U.S. or even the world for that matter, that they're a lot more open to the subject of, you know, subgenres of fetish, um, I guess you could say, since that's really where you'll find most of those things in Japanese culture. But, you know, with the like of, uh, you know, hentai, whatever, um, transformation is a lot more of a reoccurring subject than other countries and you know it's not really nothing really more of a niche or underground to them it's just really more of a normal occurrence which i've always found intriguing with them yeah i think that's that's that definitely has to do with the fact that they're not a western culture and they haven't had those sort of um notions of shame at the body shame over the body and shame about sex and all that they've sort of been spared a lot of that um that sort of Western civilization um, guilt over sexuality and all that. And then that's a part of it. So, um, yeah, it's a really, the, Japan is definitely a place I would like to investigate more in terms of the TF community. And I noticed the third most popular country, the, the country that comes in third on the visitors is Germany. So I'm wondering what's also going on there because that's also right. one of the more, um, uh, what is it? It's one of the major countries in the world, obviously, at the moment. So I'm wondering what sort of culture or community they've got going on there, or if there is one even. Right. And, you know, I also found it interesting because I do believe a uh, partial reason with Germany is because they do have um, some form of filters, from what I understand, for particular mm. sites. But uh, in regards to that, I've found it intriguing how, um, you know, countries with these form of filters uh, i know i've spoken to uh, another vi- individual i've had um previously on the podcast or rather the season to be exact fake man um who is located in a country um outside of the u.s which has you know pretty extreme you know filters i mean he actually has to outsource his connection for just simply using Skype since, you know, Mm. the filters are so extreme there, but 
coming from that sort of area, I've seen you know articles where uh, just on a doing a uh, a sort of uh, collection of data with those countries that these countries would filters actually have the most search hits on you know very niche subjects. So that's also an interesting subject I've found going across the internet and researching and stumbling upon and all that sort. Yeah, I think it's the return of the repressed. I think because they they were talking about how I think the countries like Pakistan, very religiously oppressive in that sense, have some of the highest hits for porn searching. I mean, the the areas where you're not supposed to do it are the parts where people are doing it the most online. So it's interesting to see how uh, these sort of things turn out or come out. But uh, I would like to, it'd be a good idea. I think it'd be a great idea to investigate what are the non-English language uh, transformation subcultures out there. Right. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. So uh, just coming close to uh, a close (laughs) for the episode, um, coming back to your site here, um, like we've discussed in the beginning, um, as compared to Dutch Bowl or Dragonade with the um, Shadow Lord Inc., your site is more of a collection of various content across the web. Um, more in particular with, you know, comics. I know you've linked a couple of artists' works. And uh, it's, you know, of course, great to see not only um, entertainment aspect with the media as far as, you know, good TF content. So, uh, and like you said, with the um, outsourced material with Japan, I'm sure, and, you know, I've always... Uh, pinpoint this uh, subject that there is such a wealth of content with Japan and the like that have yet to be uncovered. So it's great to see some of that sort of be unveiled, you know, time and time again with your site. So just going into uh, the actual content of your site, I know I've noticed a lot of cartoons, some movies. So um, just what are you? You know, in your personal opinion, what are you, kind of your favorites, favorites with coming across this sort of material with that? Um, it's always tough because it tends to be what is I tend to favor the stuff I just posted just because I have to keep updating. But uh, favorites, I mean, um, my lupine life, I thought was a very nice surprise that it was mm-hmm. um, they did a good transformation on a very limited budget and they made it seem um uh, very harrowing and um, uh, intense. So I quite like that one. And then um, cartoons I do tend to gravitate to because you have a better chance of finding good transformations on them. Because with live action, transformation seems tend to require money and time. And those right. are two things that directors always want to minimize. Um, like I said, they'll hand it off to CGI guys. Or if they're on television budget, they'll hand it off to very cheap CGI guys. Um, with cartoons, it, you don't have to spend extra to animate a transformation, or not much extra. So you often have better chances of finding stuff there. Um, and then comics, I tend to... I'm very opportunistic about what I can find, but there's been great stuff from the French comics, for example, and Japanese manga, of course. And um, favorites, I tend to... I'm Off the top of my head, I'm just running out... I've, coming up blank but <laughs> i tend to i tend to like what i just what i uh what i 
It's like with all, when they ask authors, what is your favorite book that you've written? They always say, oh, the one I just finished. But, um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. I'm sure we can all understand on that matter, especially with the uh, amount of content you have posted over the years. Yeah. So I um, do apologize. I do apologize to people for the fact that there are so many werewolf transformations. I, mean, <laughs> I, I do intend to like them, but they also are the easiest to search for because yeah, it's just exactly. one word. Whereas if you're searching for like a monster transformation, just Googling monster transformation is not, will not necessarily get you anywhere. will not necessarily get you where you want to go. Right. So I have to apologize for that. And I'm always looking at suggestions. Okay. Yeah. So, and again, like I said, that's, I, I feel one of the more beneficial things with your site is that uh, with it being open to z- suggestions, it's not so narrow minded as far as finding content uh, that's, you know, really um, repetitive or redundant, <laughs> yeah. even if it involves a lot of werewolves in your sake. But um, yeah, but with that, like, I mean, uh, especially with the cartoons, I, I noticed that um, a lot of the cartoons you seem to get actually have, like you said, um, some decent process. And that's from what I've seen, it's sort of becoming a rare occurrence with uh, today's cartoons going back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, CGI on and all that. And, you know, just thinking of shows such as um, like Aladdin, um, other shows like, uh, ooh, what is it? Yeah, Aladdin, Aladdin had a great shark transformation and mm-hmm. it had a couple of transformations. And then um, the, the current blog post, number one, the... The most recent blog post on my site was for Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. That had a great Jekyll and Hyde monster transformation. And um, but I think that in cartoons, uh, like I said, it's not too much. It's not too much more of an extra expense or t- of time or money. And it also depends on if the, if the storyboard artist is really inspired, they'll do a good job because it's interesting for the storyboard artist to try and draw a decent transformation if they're a good artist. The ones who are bad will obviously have it behind a rock or something or have. <laughs> off screen but i think the other ones regard it as a neat challenge to do i mean there was um grim, the grim adventures of um Billy mindy Man. and billy or something. yeah Billy's, they had a great yeah. they had a great oh, yeah. uh, great werewolf um and then there are a bunch of other, there are lots of other things i can name as well yeah but um it tends to be easier i think in cartoons for people to do the impossible well it's obviously easier to do, do the impossible but that's what you'll get with cartoons Right, and I'm sure it's much related to how uh, cartoons are to, you know, the average mind, it's it's fiction, of course, and then when you see an actual um, live action, it's a little bit more, I guess you could say, terrifying, so it's somewhat not as relatable. <laughs> yeah. I will but, say uh, also that when you do find a good live action transformation, there is a really great feeling about that, too, because they're more rare, so they're more precious when you find them. Right. So, like the British version of being human, I thought that was that's probably those are probably the best, some of the best transformations I've seen on TV in the past decade. And then um, the Sleepy Hollow show had a pretty good Wendigo transformation. Those mm-hmm. sort of things I think are really great to find because they are more rare. Whereas cartoons, right. there is a greater variety to choose from. Right. All right. So uh, again, uh, I would like to take the time the time to appreciate your efforts as well as your time for uh coming into the podcast tonight 
And uh, just for our listeners out there, if you want to dig into what Mr. Um, Apuleius has to offer as far as different content across media and the web, you can find his site. It is mailtf.blogspot.com. And uh, you can certainly sift through what he has there. Uh, quite the lengthy um, <laughs> bit to uh, discover with that as well. So I'm sure there'll be much time for you to see what's on there. So um, with that said, I'm uh, going to go ahead and come to a close with this episode. So uh, if you want to go ahead and present any last words, Mr. Apuleius, and uh, we'll go ahead and bring this out. Well, just tell listeners that I hope they enjoy the blog and that it's been a pleasure being on your podcast and that I will mention your podcast on my blog. So it'll all, uh, it's one big circle. All right. Yeah. And I'm sure it will come back right at you and bring some more viewers and you'll get to see more interesting results as far as which country is going to have the better hits. <laughs> oh, yes. I hope so. All right, so I'd uh, like to thank everybody for listening into this episode. This is The Changing Times, your host, Cheesy, and special guest, Mr. Apuleius. You guys have a great night. Thank you. All right, boys and girls, and there you have it, the latest episode of The Changing Times podcast. So, uh, again, uh, like always, if you have any recommendations or any interest in joining the podcast or uh, even simply before I forget here uh, if you have any recommendations or interest of uh, posting your or featuring your art on the banners for any future uh, podcast episodes that'd be greatly appreciated and certainly um, considered so uh, give me a note give me an email whichever you need to reach me by and I'll certainly get back to you in a quickly and uh orderly fashion as best i can and uh i'll take care of you so again everyone thanks for listening in and looking forward to uh next episode for season two